Hello, everybody, and oh. welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Bulls podcast, Late Flag. Tonight, we look back on our Liverpool's 5-1 victory over Toulouse, and we also preview the game again on Sunday against Nottingham Forest. I'm joined tonight by Tom Keegan. Pete Warburton is away tonight, so I'm joined by Mike Wilson, and our special guest is George Sefton. And tonight, before we look back at last night's victory, we'll reflect on the sad passing of Bill Kenwright, a true blue who had supported Liverpool fans and, and the city of Liverpool you know, over the, the time since the Hillsborough disaster. And George was in the, the same class at school in the Liverpool Institute as Bill, so George has kindly agreed to come on. To, to give us an insight in what, what Bill was really like as a person, none of us, I don't think, on here. I think Tom might have had, a, had the pleasure to meet him, but I know I, I never had the pleasure to meet him, and nor did Mike. And I'm sure Tom, you know, when George has finished giving us, you know, his insight into Bill and the kind of man he was, will reflect on on how lucky he was and fortunate he was that he, that he had the, the opportunity to meet Bill. So, George... When the news come through on, on Tuesday, you know, unfortunately, I was the one who sort of confirmed to you that he had passed when I got news from yeah. a friend of mine who was trusted in the media who, who, who sort of sent me a message. So it must have been like you'd, you know, a, a, a kick in the you-know-what's for you, George. It, it was, absolutely. But, I mean, um, we'd been ill for a long time, but you know, we... He appeared to be in at least in remission because he'd started going to Goodison again. Because for a while he just he just wasn't there. Then he started going again. Of course, then all this messing started. Um, was it earlier this year when the the police told him it wasn't safe for him and his family to go there? Which is, I mean, the more I think about that, the more angry it makes me. Uh, I mean, my wife was in Liverpool uh, yesterday. And she said, uh, when she got home, she said, it's a good job you, were, you weren't on the train because there was a guy sat behind her slagging Bill off or oh, what did he ever do for us and all the rest. But, and I said, these guys, they haven't got a clue. They really don't know. I mean, he rescued the club, you know, from the uh, the ownership of Peter Johnson. That, you know, he did that. Whatever's going happened the last couple of years, I, I don't think it's Bill's fault, but he... He deserves his place in their history. I hope they're going to name and stand after him in a new ground at least. But the thing about Bill, he was, um, from the time he was a lad, I, I met him obviously when we were 11. That's 66 years ago. And then he was a full-on blue. Died in the wall, absolute, 100% dedicated Evertonian. And he didn't... Go, you know, join the board of the club to make money. He joined the board because he he, he obviously he thought it was a privilege because he'd started off as a supporter standing on the terraces and because he thought he could do some good for the club. And his attitude to Everton and to obviously the people like the Hillsborough families and whatever was the same as his attitude uh, in his th theatre career. He, you know, he, he could have been. He could have spent the last 20 years of his life um, relaxing in the Bahamas with, the, with, with his billions, but he didn't. He, all the money he had, he ploughed back into the theatre and into the club. 
and he 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 did it for the best of reasons because he he thought it was the right thing to do. Um, and it's it just so sad the way it's it's gone the last couple of years, and he's not even going to see the new stand. God help him. But I um around the time that within seconds of you telling me that you'd heard from Jed the other day about that he had actually died. I got I got a message from a friend of mine at the BBC telling me the same thing. And I know uh, he actually passed away on Monday night and we only found out sort of Tuesday afternoon, wasn't it? But I, I've spoken to a couple of his close friends since and they are just shattered, absolutely shattered. Because one guy in particular... Um, who I used to go to junior school with before we went to Liverpool Institute and met Bill. He's been really close to him all these years. In fact, the the lad, you know, he lad, he's seventy seven now. Obviously, he, he um, Bill, you know, had him in the director's box at at uh, Goodison every time he he was in the city, and he he said Bill would do anything for him for people, and he that's the way he was, and. We all know what he did for the Hillsborough families. You know, he he just he was he was a scouser first and foremost. He was always going to be uh, something in life. Even when he was in his early teens in uh, at school, he was organising you know uh, local fairs and and things around where he lived in Allot, and and he was. He was going to the uh, the stage school over the road from Liverpool Institute from the time he was about 12, I think. I've got a pr- programme somewhere from Liverpool Playhouse uh, from the Christmas show, probably 1958, 59. Um, and it was Toad of Toad Hall, uh, or Wind in the Willows was the, the stage play, wasn't it? And right down at the bottom, there's a list of uh, kids playing rats, stoats, and weasels, and in the middle of that, William Kenwright. And um, I, I know I've got it here somewhere. I wish I'd get my hands on it. I'd be looking today. But he, he was, he was a, a bright bloke. He knew he he wanted to be an actor. You know, he was in Coronation Street for quite some time, but he realised at some stage he was never going to make the you know the top of the tree as an actor, but. He also worked out that the people who who did well in theatre land, you know, had got the most respect and and whatever were producers. So he decided to try his hand at that. And of course, the rest, as they say, his history is, you know, he's. I was. I thought I knew everything he put on at the theatre, but I, I found out the last few days a few things that he was responsible for that. Um. I didn't realise. I mean, obviously, I've seen Blood Brothers plenty of times. Uh, he was also responsible for Joseph, which I saw in London, not uh, locally, and lots and lots of other big productions, not just here, but on Broadway. Uh, if you, Leslie, you remember, I'm, I was a huge fan of Helen Reddy. And um, when I met her, which was a long time ago, and, and, you know, she was talking about Bill in in the same tones that a lot of people do, just thought so much of him because he was the one who got heard into Blood Brothers on Broadway, brought her over here, and he just went on and on. He, he was he was so well respected by people 
in theatre land. I mean, some of the big names have come out the last few days, huge, important people, and said there's a huge hole in the British theatre and never be replaced. He, he was an absolute bundle of energy. And I, I know the last one thing that stuck in my mind, I, the last time I saw Blood Brothers uh, was at Liverpool Empire a few years ago. And my wife and I plopped down. I realised Bill was two seats away. And, um, of course, I said, I went and said hello and whatever. And he had a clipboard. And he was, although that thing must have been on God knows how many thousand times, he was still perfectionist. He was still making sure everything was in place. You know, everything, everybody was where they should be. Everybody was happy. And he, he was just such a perfectionist. And he, he was an absolute force of nature. And he applied the same to, to Everton. He, you know, he was, um, he was so dedicated to the club and he, he, he kicked every ball with him. He was so, he wasn't the, your old fashioned sort of, you know, the, the, the likes of, well, well, the Liverpool board when I first started, a lot of local businessmen, small time businessmen. And they, you they, they'd sit through a game and they'd watch and politely applaud and everything. Bill was not, well, he was, Jumping up and down like the you know the rest of the the crowd because he was a proper proper Evertonian. I know I I remember bumping into him after a derby match in Gullison Road a few years. It was the day uh, Ray Horton um, scored the one goal to go away at Gullison. Um, yeah, the George won it. Yeah, that's the one. And I I bumped into him outside and I shook hands and I. He, uh, I mean, I'd seen him about a month previously with some glamorous actress on his arm in London. And that particular day, I said, well, I, I was out, I was with my son, and we were chuffed because we'd just beaten him. And um, he looked at me and uh, he said, Well, you're a happier man than I'm. I am today, George. And I said, Yes, Bill, but it makes a bloody change, doesn't it? And I just left it at that. And he was, he, he, he loved life. He, he just never stopped. And, and I know um, I follow his, his missus on Twitter, Jenny. And last night, I somebody sent me a clip of the celebration, uh, the, you know, the 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 dedication we had to him before the game. God bless TNT Sports. They didn't show it, you know, which was so so aggravating last night. But somebody sent me a, a video. And I sent it to Jenny, and uh, I got back you know, a little emoji with two hearts on it, one blue, one red. And you know, she, you know, again, God bless her. She used to come to Goodison with him. I don't think she was into her football at all until she met up with Bill. And uh, she, I mean, I'm shattered. I know I've spoken to a couple of his friends who are shattered. How the hell she feels, I just can't be begin to imagine. It's it's a it really I know he's the other side of the part, but I don't care. He was he was one of us. He just happened to be painted blue, not red. So you know, long may he rest in peace. George, that's a that's a wonderful tribute. That I mean, as I said before, you know, I never had the 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 the, the honor or privilege to meet him. Um, I've got I've got no problem when people wear the hearts on the sleeves with regards to the team this year. 
they support because it shows they're no different than us. Yeah. And just like similar to Gary Neville, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Gary Neville sort of says it like it is, and I'd rather him, I'd rather him do that than sort of say one thing on there, but mean the other to try and hide this bias, so to speak. So if you can see somebody, you know, who is a who is a true blue or a or a true supporter of another club, why shouldn't they show it whether they're working in the media or whether they aren't? But I just always remember that speech he made at the Hillsborough Memorial Service. Yeah. It was a, a very, very emotional day. You know, and, and the, the one the the one thing you know, when he spoke about the Scouse Mams, you know what I mean? And he was yeah. absolutely spot on when he said that. And he you know, he, he sort of, I think he gained that day a lot of respect from Liverpool supporters that perhaps maybe wasn't there before because they just looked at him as this this sort of, you know, Evertonian who'd yeah. done well in the, in the arts, in the theatre, you know, and had put his money into Everton Football Club. But I think on that day, he just showed that he was a, you know, he was a genuine person who totally had, you know, he might have wanted Liverpool to lose on the pitch. Oh, yeah. Be with us every step of the way to get to justice. And then the tribute he made for which, you know, Liverpool reciprocated last night when he had, you know, the, the little lad in a red nine and a girl in a six or whatever it was. Yeah. And they walked out together after the, you know, the verdicts were quashed and we were, you know, we were, we were all sort of, cleared of any wrongdoing so to speak that will live with me forever as well and like it just showed again you know he just had that 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 sort of thing in him if you like yeah just knew you know every that night i remember because liverpool had played z cars you know for for young right and that was tony barrett's idea if i remember right right Everybody thought that it was going to be reciprocated at Goodison um, that night, and you'll never walk alone was going to be played in tribute to the '96. Yeah, but but in the end, he got it absolutely spot on. You know that 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 sort of song that he played. You know, and as I say, it was reciprocated at Anfield last night. Yeah, just typified what it was because there are reds and blues in the same family. Yeah, you know. One, one brother will support red, one brother will support blue, and you might want the other team to lose, but you certainly stick by each other, you know, when anything goes wrong. And I think, you know, we sh- nobody who was around the Hillsborough will never forget the, you know, the, the joining of the scarves from Anfield to Goodison, you know, the the Blues laying scarves and flowers at Anfield, and then ultimately the first game, the first game back at Goodison, which ended nil-nil. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there as well, and Liverpool fans walking round Goodison with a, with a sign that's saying, LFC thanks EFC, and it was just the tone was all right. Yeah. Uh, it was so, so right, you know, for, and, you know, he, he was probably... You know, had a lot, lot to do with that. Being, as you said, being a brought, born and bred Scouser, you know, brought up in in the heart of the city. You know, going to the Liverpool Institute, which is a school I went to as well, but many, many years after you and Bill 
Not that I'm being those cards. So um, yeah, and you know, it must be it must be really heartbreaking for you. Yeah. And I could tell when I sort of said sent you that message the other day and saying, yeah. unfortunately, George, you know, the news is just being confirmed. Yeah. And you're you just, oh dear God, no. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that just summed it up. It, so Tom, you had the you had the pleasure, didn't you, to of meeting Bill? On 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 numerous occasions, his, his dad was a was a patient in a nursing home um, in in Albert in um, at the bottom of Lodge Lane, not far from not from not far from even from the Wellcare Group. And I used to go in there, and his his wife Hope would be there, and his brother Tom would often be there, and Bill had come in on you know on numerous occasions while I'd been working in there. And all the times, you know, like when I first, when you first go in, he'd ask me to go in to do his dad's feet every about every about four or five weeks. And I go, you go in, and then the first thing he asked me was a red or a blue, so very similar thing is what I tend to do myself whenever I meet anybody. But he, he was such a warm, generous, kind, polite man, you know. All the staff who, who will be there at that time will, will tell you about the times he'd walk in with signed pictures, with balls, with shirts, with tickets for the game, for the numerous people. And how many times had I, you know, like a joke with him? And I, I even told him the story of how I, I ended up as a, as, as a Liverpoolian, you know, like it, it's the first ever game I've I've told you and Peter, first ever game I ever went to was 1963 in um, uh, against West Brom, and um, my old man took me and I stood on in 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 the in the paddock on a crate, just with my face basically over the top of the wall, looking at feet. And you know it's funny, I can remember I can remember the score and I can remember the score of Everton. The score was one one. It was against West Bromwich Albion. Suppose George would be able to find this out for me. What, what, what month and and year? Uh, what month and time it was? Alex Scott scored for Everton. My old man asked me, and all I could see was feet, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I come back because I, I couldn't see anything. And my dad said to me, "Would you would you support them?" And like I said, you know, I said, well, no, I don't want to go again. So that was the end of, that was the end until 1965, until I went with my uncles of Sportwatch Liverpool and the rest is history. And I told him that story and he said, there's always one in every family. You know, like, what's your thought? At the time, as I had got, it was, it was just, he was, he was just that kind of man. He was just a lovely, lovely man. And it's funny. Well, I, I, after he, he he took sick, I remember me and you were having a, a thing on. There was all kind of I put a tribute on, and somebody come back to me, and Evertonian. Who I have a few followers of whatever Tonians, and I had to go and said, you know, like he, he he's he's destroyed Everton, and I said, you know what, and and I really genuinely I genuinely mean this. I think I think the killing. Of the chairman of of like Sir David David Moores and Bill Kenwright, who were very similar in, in the love for the clubs that they had, came when Abramovich came to, to the Premier League, and he it took away the thing about millionaires running football club to become billionaires to compete, 
And the likes of David Moores and, to a certain extent, Bill Kenwright, they were left behind. And fans don't understand that, Les. I said, you know, sometimes you, you, you could never say that he didn't love the club. You know, like, and so I send me... I have a fond, men, fond memories of a man. I, I just, you know, as I said in, in the tweet, you know, like, I think, I think, rest in peace. He was a, whatever, whenever I find him, I found him a total gentleman and a, and a kind and polite man. And rest in peace, Bill. Mike, did you ever have the the the, the, the good fortune to meet him on your, in your sort of capacity in the range in any of the the charity walks that you've No, played? no, I didn't. I didn't. All I can do is is take what I see in terms of the the man, and every time I I saw him, he, he, there was a watershed moment, I guess, in 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 most people's view of um, of Bill Kenwright was the was the speech at the at the, at the memorial. Um, you had me in absolute tears uh, yesterday, George, because. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Is my favourite all-time song. It's a it's a personal thing. About when I was at uni- university, when um, my brother was at the same university with me, and I, I I was there first day, all lonely and everything. And he took me to meet all his friends and put that on the jukebox. And that's been my favourite song for all time. We, we had it at my dad's uh, funeral last year, um, and. I've never belted out a song at Anfield as much as you'll never walk alone. But I did yesterday, every single word of that song. And yeah. and it wasn't just because it was my favourite song. It was just so, so appropriate to um, the the kinship that he obviously felt. He felt that, you know, the tribalism of being a blue against yeah. the red. But he was also, and, and, and I made a point when I put it on Twitter, he was a Merseyside. I didn't want to say Liverpoolian because people take offence about that because yeah. of the connotations of being Liverpool. He was a Merseysider and it meant so much. And then there was a lovely story uh, about a lady who needed some medical treatment and, and she happened to mention it to uh, that she was campaigning to try and raise money for this medical treatment. It only came out, I only heard of it on, on, on Twitter quite recently, and um, and he said, "How much are you sure?" And he, she said, "Fifty thousand. He said, "It will be in your bank account tomorrow morning." That's and, um, and that's that's just yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's great if you've got that money, but not many people with that money would have done that. Very very few. George, he was also um, he was also very generous, wasn't he, to, to little Bradley? The oh Bradley yes, Sunderland, and he. He was instrumental in, in sort of fundraising for him and doing stuff for him and his family. And a lot of the stuff he did went under the radar, didn't it? You know, a lot of people don't didn't realise, you know, the stuff that he, that he was doing just to help, you know, the, the sort of run-of-the-mill person, if you like, who, who wasn't in a position to be able to fund something. And he would he would put his hand in his own pocket and, yeah. you know, and, and, and help them out in, in any way he could. Yeah. He did that all his life, you know, that's you know, all, all his adult life when he could because he he appreciated what he had and he you know he was loving it. It's oh, oh I don't know. It's, I mean this, this last weekend we saw the end of I've been watching that documentary about Jimmy Savile 
And a friend of mine who knew Savile, who worked for the BBC, I won't name him, um, I was talking to him about Jimmy Savile on Tuesday, and he said what a lot of people didn't realise, that although he, he raised 10 million quid, didn't he, Savile, for Mandeville, yeah. he was on a commission. <laughs> he got a million quid out of that. I've never heard that before. Um, no. The following day, there's this guy, Bill Kenwright, the absolute top end of the scale, the opposite end of the planet to the likes of Savile. He, he went about his business. He loved what he was doing. He was so proud to be you know, part of Everton. I used to listen to his late-night radio show on, on uh, Radio 2. I remember asking him when it was coming back, and he said, oh, I don't know. And, of course, it never had, never did and never will now. But every week he'd be talking about driving up to uh, Liverpool to watch um, Everton at home. You know, he was like he was just another fan. He could have had a chauffeur, you know, the big car, and he didn't. He, he just, he was just so pleased to be able to get up and obviously go through the front door and all the rest of it. Oh, it, it's, it'll, it'll take me a while to get over this. It's really, you know, taking the, the wind out of my sails this week that um, because he's one of those people. He thought he was going to be around forever, you know. Although, as I say, he was—I knew he was ill a few years ago, and I heard tell but none of his close circle would tell anybody what was going on. We knew he was ill, and we used to see him on the telly, and he, he was getting very podgy. And then I remember my wife saying he's he's on steroids for something or other. But now, obviously, we know what was going on. But. Um, you, you can never sort of imagine him not being there. And he's going to be such a mess at, at Goodison. I mean, um, Goodison, the club, Everton, the club, is is going to be in a, you know, a really sad psychological state for a while, I think. You know, it's, and this week, of course, the, you know, which pillock at the, the Premier League decided this was a, the week they were going to uh, put Everton forward for a 12-point deduction but you know they didn't have to announce that this week. They just put it. In. Why can't we just let the poor guy, you know, be put to rest and then, you know, then get on with our lives? That oh, I don't know. I despair sometimes. The men in suits. George, just to just to end this tribute to Bill, if you, if you could just sum it up, sum it up in in sort of one sentence to tell the people. You know, what sort of man he was, what sort of friend he was, what sort of friend he was in your school days. Yeah. How would you how would you how would you sort of he was well loyal, I think's the, the the main word that comes to me. You know, he he was just a great bloke to have on your side. He really was. He's he, you know, I mean I, I won't. I've, I've spent. I think I've said to you before. The last few months, I've spent more time defending Bill than talking about Liverpool. Because mm -hmm. some of the rubbish I read from so-called Everton fans, they just don't know what they've got, and now it's gone. And you know, God help them. He's. But they say he was. He was. He was. He was what you. What you saw was what you got with Bill. He was straightforward. He was had a great sense of humour. Very nobody had been more generous with his time and his money, and he was completely dedicated and driven 
all his life. In fact, he was dedicated and driven twice. He, you know, half in half of him looking after Everett, and the other half doing what he did in the theatre. And he he covered some miles doing what he he did. And uh, sadly, he's paid for it now. He's just he's just run out of steam, and now he's gone. Right. So just to end this part now, and I'll sum this up by saying Bill Kenwright, Neil Satis, Nissy Optiman, and I hope you take this next line with all the love in from the heart that it's bringing. You'll never walk alone from the red half of the, the city. You'll never be forgotten. And thank you for all your support over Hillsborough. Right, we'll move on now and we'll look back at last night's 5-1 victory over Toulouse. I'll start with you on this, Tom. What did you make of the team when it was announced just after quarter to eight last night, quarter to seven last night? Sorry. Yeah, I expected love a nice little balanced side. I loved the I loved the idea of the youth coming in and you know like uh, Harvey getting a game, Curtis coming back was made up with Luke Chambers. I thought you know like so I was really impressed with with Luke Chambers. So I, I was glad he got a game. I was glad Nunes played. Although I thought he would have, I thought he might have played him on on Saturday, on Sunday, and played Capco last night. But um, made up, I think Jota deserved his run out, and I think the team was very well balanced and it, the perfect side. Mike, were you? Was there any team shocks for you when you seen the the, the eleven announced? Um. Well, actually. I was predicting the the the, uh, the team with a mate beforehand. I only got two wrong, and that was I kind of expected Quanta to play, but you kind of understand. But I didn't also expect so I kind of expected Quanta and Canate to play and not um, and not uh, uh, Matip and Trent. But you kind of understand why if they're playing Luke Chambers at left back, they didn't want Quadser inside him and, and, and have two inexperienced players. The rest, I, I, I kind of got the impression that um, Gakpo wasn't fit enough to start and do a full game, which is why I thought Nunes would play. Um, I, I, it was, yeah, it was a decent side. It's, it, 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 you know, it's gone on the days where. Um, we're, we're putting out a, a, a really young second, you know, kind of. It's not a B team either, is it? Because we do we do a bit of bit of moving around and, and swapping around our our front five. Mo's probably the only one who's a guaranteed starter, uh, and and the midfield's got options to 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 you know to to mix and match with it. So. You know, it was what I expected. It's it's great to have a strong squad of that strength to be able to play in that one. So yeah, very I was pleased enough. Yeah, George, it's really it's really satisfying and encouraging, isn't it? That you know we've got such a such a good balance in the team at the minute between you know youth sort of somewhere in the middle, you yeah. know, twenty somethings, and then you've also got. You know, uh, you know the experience of the likes of Virgil and Mo, and people like that, and, and Joel Matip, and you know, and it's really you're really looking at the team when it's named, and you're thinking, wow, you know, a lot of teams in the Premier League would be happy with this as their yeah. their sort of first choice eleven, 
rather than it being sort of an eleven for your a Europa League game if you see yeah, what yeah. So it was a, it was a, it was really encouraging from that point of view. So what did you what did you make of the the first half? I I was just a bit worried for a minute when they when they equalised. I thought because mm, we've been running rings around them, and the uh, I said when the team sheet came round, I was thinking mm, I wonder you know I'm I worry about Gomez sometimes, but Lou Chambers I was thinking. This could be a great night for him, and he, you know, obviously, uh, the everybody in the coaching staff has been saying what a great, great lad he is and a great future. I would have expected to see Quanza myself, to be honest, because um, I've been very impressed with him. What I've seen this year, he's he's so mature for his age. But you know, he's on the bench. We might see him on Sunday. Who knows? It's uh, but as you say, the balance is just terrific, and the the strength in depth is is fantastic. But if I was um, a Toulouse player last night, I would look at that bench, and you know, there's Allison and um, Virgil and all the rest of them. You're thinking, you know, there's Mo Salah. They're not even playing it. And uh, even when when Mo came on, I don't know why he came on for the last few minutes, but they are scored a goal, made it five, and. Um, a little run out. He's happy. He's you know he's he's done his bit. So I was um, I say just when they equalised, just for the minute, I was a bit woody. But then we have, we were just far too good for them. Really, you know, just that we were cut above, and then they're not the they're not one of the top French teams. Oh, they've got some couple of good players, but they you know we. We we did the we did the job basically. And you get to half time, what we were three one up then, weren't we? And you're thinking no, we didn't enjoy just sit back and enjoy watching the rest of the game. Tom, how did the how did the game come across on the on the TV? I know you're still on the injured list and unable to go to Anfield at the minute. So, you know, for instance, you know, the the first goal from Jota, well, all three goals in the in the first half, were exceptional. You know what I mean. The, the first one by by Jota, the other by Hendo, which was a special goal for me in yeah. my individual sort of time of following Liverpool, and then a cracking finish from Darwin as well. So it was really yeah. encouraging performance in the first half, wasn't it, Tom? You were brilliant, Les. I, I've said I've said to George before we come on, there's so much quality in this side, you know, and for for the age of them as well. You know, like just unbelievable. Joss's goal was was brilliant, absolute pure brilliance. But then you look at you look at Hendo's header, ball in from Trent. It was a brilliant header. If someone like Luis Suarez had scored that, you would have been enthusing about that goal for ages, wouldn't you? He got in front of him and placed it in the corner. Brilliant goal. And then, as you say, Nunes just and um, what we were saying about the. He's developing Nunes. I know, like people will say, well, you know, like he 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 should have scored the fourth one. He should have scored the goal number four, really. But he done everything right, really. But it's, it, he's just developing into this footballer that is so good. He's so intelligent. Remember, we everyone was saying he was worried about what he's gonna do. You know, like how he's going to adapt to be able to play it for the Jurgen Klopp team because he's he's limited in some of the things he does. 
But my God, he's not limited anymore. He, the whole the, the whole shebang from you know like from even young Luke Chambers, you you looked at Luke and you think this kid's played for, for forever for this club. You know like he he never looked out of place. He 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 went a, a little bit early for for, the, for their goal. But apart from that, you know like he he never put a foot wrong. You know for the for the rest of the game. So. So I think overall, I think you're looking at the game as you, you're thinking, oh, yeah, it, it, I never even mentioned the player that that, that I thought was outstanding in Gravenbert, but like, just, it, I tweeted straight after the game, you know, to Ali, I, I sent him a message, you know, I, I said, it's frightening to think how good these players are and the potential they've got to develop it's a player, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Mike, in the first half, you know, they started Harvey basically as a right-sided forward where Mo normally plays. Now, from where I was on the cop, there were times where Harvey had sort of drifted inside and there was no width on the right-hand side. Do you think that position really suited him or do you think he's, he's more suited to playing in the midfield? And that sort of position really didn't work with him being on the right. I'm not saying he had a bad game. I'm just saying the positionally. At times, Liverpool were looking out on the right-hand side for some width and there was nobody there. Yeah, well, out on that right-hand side, right there, is exactly where I sit. Road three of the, the lower Kenny, halfway in the uh, Annie Road uh, end, uh, Annie Road side of the ground. And... Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, Harvey's Harvey's a, a conundrum because he's a superbly skillful player. I think he's made his biggest contributions when he's come on and he's upped the tempo of the team this season, uh, and he's he's added so much. And that and that's really harsh because it makes me sound like I'm saying he should be sub, but that's that's a plain fact. His biggest contributions have been to up the tempo and um, drive us forward. He, he can play there. He doesn't have the pace of Mo or even Ben Doak. So he has to play it a slightly different way and he has to play a footballing way. And and it did lead to... So Kurt, Curtis Jones was playing in the uh, right-hand side eight role and it did lead to him providing more of the, the, the width at times. Um, it, it, is it his long-term position I'm not sure I think he, I think mid, he's gonna he's gonna be midfield more of a midfielder I, I, I think he'd like to be a 10 but we don't play with a proper 10 do we so uh, um, I, I think he's a great player great player great prospect is is he a wide right player there will be some games uh, you know he played there in the in the cup uh, last year and he scored that fantastic goal against West Ham uh, Wolves um, uh, he can play there. He, he wasn't as effective as as he can be. Still didn't give much away. Still, still a decent player last night. Uh, I don't think it's his best role. George, but, but, but needs must. Yeah, George. Tom mentioned there about the development of Darwin Nunes, and I totally yeah. agree with him. He actually, he actually looks like a complete centre forward this season in terms yeah. of his old up play. You know, he, he he's he's running back to, to win the ball. 
you know, he, he's he's playing people in and creating goals like he did for for Mo at the weekend against Everton. You know, he 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 finishes. You know what I mean? He's not he's not the finished article yet, but the I think any Liverpool supporter who can't see the improvements in him from last season to this season yeah. isn't supposed to see in the same player that I am. And the the thing is, as Tom said before, you know. The, the, the potential for, for what he could grow into because he's still only quite young is absolutely frightening. Yeah, it's uh, as you say, he's going to be frightening a lot of oppositions, you know, for the next years or two. But um, he's, he's obviously when he came, he obviously had all the skill and the tricks, and Jurgen's working his magic on him as well because he's, uh, as you say, he's 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 coming on. That um, every way you look was quality. And last night we were, you know, Ben Doak, not even there last night. He's going to be a cracking player in a year or two. And he, he obviously he's only he's only young and he's only small. But by gum, he's going to be a a, um, a star. And uh, Bacetic, you know, he he poor lad. He he just more or less established himself in the team last year. Then he got injured and he's obviously he's not right yet, but Jürgen's going to have some problems pick, you know, getting it down to 11 you know, by the yeah. end of the season. He really Spot, is. Spot's not, on that, George. That's his money. Yeah. Tom, um, oh, by the way, just to let everybody know why I sort of said that the, the endo goal was a special one for myself, was because he was the 200th Different player that had seen score for Liverpool oh. while it was at a live match, and all the lads were sort of new because when Gravenberch had scored the other week, I told them he was the 199th. So they'd been waiting ever since to see if and looking to see who was playing and who could be the the 200. So you know, Endo's a you know cracking recipient of that, and it was a, a worthy goal for to take the mantle. Absolutely. So it took me. It took me um, about fifty-two years to to sort of see the the two hundred players score, but you know it's something that you know I'll, I'll just keep growing the list and see where it ends up. <laughs> but going on to the, yeah, going on to the, the the second half, Tom. I just thought Liverpool were were very comfortable in the second half, and it was just a case of how many Liverpool could get. I mean. You, you touched on it before, really, you know, with Nunes, you know, everybody will talk about it being a bad miss, and, in, you know, it was. But the, the actual, everything he did up to the finish was absolutely magnificent. Yeah. You know, the way he beat the player, the timing of the run, the pace around the goalkeeper. And, you know, I was so pleased, really, that, that, that Ryan Gravenberg sort of was following up to finish it off. You know, because he deserved the goal as well on the night because yes. of, you rightly sort of mentioned his performance. And, you know, in a way, it spared Darwin's blushes because if that hadn't gone in, then people would have been referring back to it. But as it is, it'll be a little bit forgotten now because we did score a goal from the from the situation. Yeah, I think I think I, I felt for him that moment. You know, it really, as you said, I think he got away from him, didn't he? I think he, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether he, he got excited mm-hmm. that, that he that he took it and he took that he took an extra pace and let the ball run a little bit further than he wanted to, but maybe he was thinking about his celebration. Who knows? But 
I think you could see the devastation on his face when he went down onto the floor. He thought he, he thought it had missed, didn't he? And then yeah. by the time he looked across, the ball was in the net. But um, yeah, I think overall, I think I, I was interested in what what Mike was saying. I was interested in what Mike was saying um, about um, about Harvey, about you know, and and you know what I think he he's twenty, isn't he, Les? Yeah, yeah. that's what we, that's what we you know that that's what we forget about. We we forget the fact that he's still only twenty years of age. And if I if I said to somebody, if I said to any Liverpoolian, all of us sitting around, you go, well, where's he going to be his best position? And you think, well, he's 20 years of age. He shouldn't even be anywhere near the first team. But he, he, as Mike said, he's coming on and changing the tempo when he's coming off the bench. You know, like he's... He, and in the games that he's come on, uh, they've been big games like the game against Newcastle where, you know, like he... He helped send the results with Darwin that, that that day, you know. So, yeah, it's fine as you say, Les. It's it's finding the best position for him. But I'm sure over time, I think I think you I think Jurgen will. I think the second half was more or less uh, uh, as you said. It was just we were going through the motion early second half. We were co- we were really comfortable, weren't we? Yeah, that's right. And and then Mo Mike scores a fantastic goal with basically the last kick of the game and. It was a lovely finish that the way he sort of manipulated the ball from one foot to the next and you know foxed the defender and put it into the roof of the net. Yeah, it's classy, wasn't it? I mean, he, 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 he I, I can't imagine Mo likes sitting on the bench. Like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he, he rarely gets on the bench in these big games. And I like the fact that he picks strong benches. I go back to, um, was it um, Roy Hudson for that uh, Northampton game? Picked a load of kids, and then even more kids on the bench. So you've got nothing to say. So, so you know you've got insurance on the bench, and you've got somebody in mode that desperately wants to come on. And uh, and and the the longer the game goes on, especially a game when we're scoring three, four, five, um, he's going to want to get on and get get more goals, isn't he? I mean, he's he's now uh, what is it forty three? He's got. He's the um, highest scorer in European competition for any English club in history. That's amazing. I'll say, I, I want to say one thing about the um, um, Gravenberg's goal. It, it it it's the best assist ever. He could see he could see that Gravenberg was behind him, and the only <laughs> way he was the only way he was going to get the ball to him was to play it off the post. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. Quality, yeah, quality. Right, George's. George's I'll have to abandon ship. I'm afraid. Well, oh, thanks, George. Thanks, George, oh. and a magnificent tribute early doors as well. So, Finger, speak to you, George. Yeah, George. Lovely yeah. to see you again, George. And you. Bye. Yeah. So, so can can I ask you? Know, Tom touched on it before, and I just wondered you being at the game, Mike, like yourself, what you actually thought of. Young Luke Chambers' performance. He's a he's a young player who I I've watched since he first made his debut for the under 18s and he's a player who I think has got real quality and he's got a real chance, you know, to to push on and, and sort of really challenge at Liverpool and really give it a go to to becoming a 
a real good squad player at Liverpool. So what did you make of his performance? I said, if I'm totally honest, from where I was on the cop, and again, you get a different view. I thought he was a little bit nervous to start with, which was to be expected. But I thought I thought he did. He, he handled himself okay. He didn't do he didn't do a lot wrong. He, he, you know, I thought he was steady. That's the way I would sort yeah, it. You, you, you can't, you can't assess a player on on one or two games. You assess him on six months, don't you? And it's going to be a long time before he gets a good few games under the belt. But and I couldn't see because because of where I sit in the ground. Like I say, lower Kenny in the in the um, in the at the Anfield Road end. Towards the Anfield Road, and I couldn't see much about him in the first half because um, it was all on the other end and on the other side. But in the second half, he was he was fine. He was very neat. He was very um, comfortable, um, and you could see that Gomez was looking for him to play the ball out. And, um, you know, he was getting wide. He was getting forward. Um, and and the longer the game went on when he was on, uh, the more comfortable he got, and he started linking up really well with Jota, um, and and it's you know it, it's it's just good signs, isn't it? You know we've got is he going to be a world beater for Liverpool? Is he going to make it at Liverpool? No one could tell, but actually, do you know what? Didn't do himself any harm last night, Tom, and then. You know, after about 70, 75 minutes, he was replaced by young Callum Scanlon, who got his first taste of, you know, not, not only Europa League football at Anfield, but it was his debut. And, this, and then in the last five minutes, young James McConnell come on. So that's, as you said before, it's really more encouraging, isn't it? When you think about it, you know, that'll have been, that'll have been Kwanzaa, Scanlon, McConnell, you know, Luke Chambers and Ben yeah. Doak. So there's yeah. five who, who you know, already, you know, been on the field this season. And that's not, you know, as as, as George mentioned before, you know, Pachetic, you know, there's yeah. six who are sort of under the age of 20. You know well, what I mean? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Clark as well, as Well, he hasn't appeared this season yet, has he? He hasn't, he hasn't been on the field, but I know what you're saying, Tom. Yeah, yeah Bobby he's Clark. Injured. He's injured at the minute, Bobby, you he see. Is, yeah. And so, Jürgen said that in his interview later, he was talking about the you know the quality of these young kids, and he said, you know, when he, he was saying it's another one you brought, you bring him through, and he, he mentioned Bobby Clark as another one, but like I thought, I thought young Scanlon played really well when he come on. Again, the same as as Chirelli, you know, like he comes on, he doesn't look out of place, he totally comfortable on the ball, totally relaxed. I think where I agree with Mike, I think to see the best, I, I think he will have a good career at Liverpool. You know, I know it's it's a lot is down to the, the, the lad himself and injuries and, and, and lots of factors. But what what I like about, about this lad is he, he seems quick, he want he seems he wants to learn, doesn't he? He seems to he, he seems to know the club inside out like young Trent did. And I, I think I, I think when he spoke about Trent and Sam was saying about how good he is and what a, you know, like he, he acts as a role model to the, to the younger players. And you can see similarities in him. He, he, he seems like he seems like a really young quality player. Where, 
the chance will be for the, for the lad. I think when you see the best out of him, where Mike was saying a lot of games, I think the best out of him is when you've got like um, if 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 Jürgen said I'm going to use him for a, a league game in place of of, of Costas, you know, like well, I'll, I'll use Luke and you're playing him with Van Dijk and. and you know, if it's Matip and Trent, and he's got Subozlai in front of him and Glavenbach or Curtis or, or McAllister. And then he's got quality all the way around him as well. You'll probably see him, you'll probably see a more relaxed young man and you'll probably see, a, you know, his true potential at that at that moment. But uh, as you say, it's... I, I'm, I said at the start of the season, didn't I? I said, you know, like, I think he, he, if we... But we're dead or thereabouts at Christmas. And I said, with the running we've got the last 10 games, we, you know, like, I think we could have a chance to see. I'm looking at this side now and thinking to myself, with the strength and depth we've got, with the forward line we've got, you know, like, and it, if it's if it's right what, the, what, what people are speculating, that, you know, they might be going after Andre in, in, in the in the, in the in the January transfer window, I'll tell you what, it's it's frightening to think how good they're going to become. It really is. I keep saying the same thing, but I've never, you've been blown away by them. Just the quality is just incredible, as yeah. So on that note, Michael, go to you first and ask you for your for your man of the match from last night. So after I, I, I discover, I knew you were going to ask this. So I had this conversation with the car going home with me uh, with my daughter. After the first 20 minutes, I thought the man of the match might turn out to be Jota, who, who I thought started brilliantly. Um, and once again proved what, what I've said before. I think he's the best natural finisher in the club. That that goal was was perfection. And then and then but but then they, that was taken over by two men. And I think Nunes and Gravenberch were unbelievable last night, the pair of them. Uh, Gravenberch has, has got shades of genie um, with a, a slightly more attacking intent. Now, maybe that means he's not quite as good genie as genie in the defensive stuff, but but the movement and the way he holds onto the ball is very similar. And Nunes was everywhere. He tried everything. Brilliant. I I would Gravenberch picked it slightly out of the out of the two for me. Tom, who are you going for? I'm, I'm, I'm like Mike, but I'd have added another name as well because I thought, considering he'd been, he got suspended, and he, I thought Curtis played well last night. He kept yes, the ball right. well. I thought he, he kept it ticking over, and when there was when there was gaps, as he went into the gaps and he filled the space, I thought he had a, a really good game. Totally agree with over over Nunes and Gravenberch. I think you know when I was looking at it, I, I thought, but for me, Gravenberch. I just think I'm beginning to I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to think to myself, Mr. Bosley, you know, at the, the age of the pair of them, like, it, imagine how good they're going to become. Yeah, but I'll go for Gravenberch, Les. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll make it a full out. I mean, I totally agreed with what Mike said. You know, I thought Nunes was really, really good. I think perhaps if he'd have, you know, if he'd have stuck that one in instead of it in the post. You know, he might have sort of just edged it out from Gravenberch. But I thought Gravenberch throughout was really, really good. The way he's so graceful, the way he runs with the ball. You know, he's 
He links play well. You know, he's got an eye for a goal. And I just think that Bayern Munich's loss is certainly our gain. So for me, you know, Ryan Gravenberch was man of the match for me. Now we'll move on quickly to look forward to the game on Sunday against Notts Forest. And I think, Tom, it's, a, it's going to be it's going to be another emotional time before kickoff, isn't it? When you know the club play pays tribute to Bobby Charlton on Sunday, and you know I think it's it's a tribute that's well deserved, and we're sure it will be received and observed brilliantly by everybody in Anfield on Sunday. Yeah, no, that's it's been it's been a strange it's been a strange we couple of weeks, hasn't it, for, for players. Uh, Franny Lee, Bobby Charlton, you know, and, and Bill Kenrice as well from the game. Just, I think it's, you know, like, it, I, I think they'll give him a fantastic, uh, I think they give him a fantastic reception. He was well-loved, wasn't he, by by everybody who loves, anybody who loves football. You, I think he, he, he will be, he'll be, so you're right, it'll probably be a, an emotional start to the game. Um. The Nottingham Forest game, really looking forward to it, Les. I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm actually open to be there if I can, if I can, what's it called, get somebody to drop me very close to the ground, which I'm, I'm working on at the moment. But, um, yeah, I'm, I think it's really looking forward to it. I think the game will be a good game. I think they're an open side, but I think, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. They've got a few injury problems, Mike, haven't they? One year's out. Um, I think the the lad Alanga that he signed for Manchester United is also now a doubt and doesn't look like he'll be available for selection. I think Divock's injured, um, and I think they'll be relying on Chris Wood as their sort of main focal point for attack. Now it's not something that we can take lightly, but I thought last year in the game where we won, you know, three two that. You know, a one we give us loads of loads of problems. And he's he'd started this season very well. Yeah, you know, when he looked as though he was turning into, you know, a really decent player. Yeah, I I remember he, he gave uh, not many people in that period of the uh, of the season gave Canate as hard a game, um, and he was he was almost impossible to mark. It was just rock, wasn't he? Um, and and he was he wasn't trying to win fouls or anything like that. he was he was he was trying to win the ball, so he'll be he'll be a miss. They 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 drew with their last game at home to Luton, was it? Yeah, um, yeah, they were two yeah. up. You gotta you've got to think this has got to be a decent time to play them. We've we we've just got to take this as a game we can win. Um, not underestimate them. Go ahead and do it. You you'd think on paper it, it it's a very achievable victory, but. Yeah, you say you can't take anyone lightly. Tom, what would you reckon? Do you reckon Virgil and Ibu back at centre backs? Costas back yeah. in at left back, and both um, McAllister and Sabozliai returning to the midfield, probably again with Gravenberch. And then again, it's Salah and Diaz, I think, and be interesting to see whether it's Nunes or Jota who starts, I think. What about Gabco as well? If you, if you, do you think he's Probably bench again. I can't see him starting Cody just yet. With um, you know, with Jota scoring, you know, um, again, you know, last night and Nunes scoring, you know, it just depends which way, which way the dice rolls. I think. I think. I think that's more or less going to be the side, isn't it? I think. I think, as you say, if 
Cody Gapko isn't isn't quite fit. I think you you probably leave him on the bench. I think you I, I think you probably start Nunes and and have Jota on the bench probably if 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 he's not quite fit. I think Costas will come in. I I, I can't see. I can't see Luke Chambers getting another little run out. I think he might get a game against Bournemouth, you know, in the in the League Cup. Um, but yeah, I think that's more or less the side. I think Canard. I, I don't know. I don't know as well though. You know, with Canarte, I think Joel Matip's done more than enough to to stay in the side. To be honest, okay. you know, I think he he he's playing well, Joel, at the moment. You know. I, would you say he's as good as Canate? Don't know, like, but I think on his day, like he's 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 well worth a place. And again, Joe Gomez has done nothing wrong, has he? He's not would letting you, anyone. Would you consider Joe Gomez at left back, Mike? Would no. No, no, or would you or would you go for no. the balance of Costas? No, I I I think the thing is, I I think Costas was got to. He, he, We've got a long spell without uh, Robbo. You can't just keep chopping and changing. You've got to kind of play Costas for six games at least. Uh, mm. You know the the big games, six games. Trust him and get on with it because um, you know if if we go to Manchester City and he's not quite in form, then there maybe is the case for saying, you know what, we'll play Joel Gomez at left back. Joe Gomez at left back, but. Um, you know these type of games, we need to be going forward. We need to we need to make them worry about us rather than you know us worrying about them. And, and you know, Forest at home is a game where we're going to need um, delivery, and you're not going to get delivery at left back from Joe Gomez. Um, you will get it from Costas. Okay, fair comments, Tom. So we'll we'll move on to prediction time and what. What are you going for on Sunday? Yeah, um, do you know what? I, I think we'll be. I'll go for three nilers. I think you know, like I think with just goals in this, <laughs> even like even our thing. What we used to say is like uh, with, with our front forward line, we'll score goals against anybody, but we never score from midfield. Now we've got midfield players who score as well. You know, like so. I think I think we we create a lot of chances, and I think. I think 3-0, I think, Les. Mike? 4-1. 4-1. OK, I'll go. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick to what I said last week. I think Forrest will come and make it difficult for us. But I definitely think we'll we'll have the quality and the patience to to break them down. So I'm going to go for a, another 2-0 victory um, that hopefully will, you know, with City playing United, will maybe... Get us above City, possibly if if the United can get a draw against against the, the local rivals. But anyway, is open. But yeah, I do think that come you know four o'clock or thereabouts on Sunday afternoon that Liverpool will be walking away with the three points. So on that note, I'll end the latest edition of the Late Flag LFC Red Poets podcast. Thanks to Tom and to Mike for joining us on the podcast tonight. And as he always end with. Justice for the 97, don't buy the sun and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon.